Well, welcome to church. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. You're like, well, what is Pastor Brent doing up so early? It's a great question to ask. A great question to ask. We are flipping the script today. And uh, we're going to lean into some tension here. So you guys may be seated in the house. You may be seated in the house. So good to see everybody. We're one song in and we just flipping the script. We'll leave it to Pastor Brent to make that happen. Awesome. Well, we're in a series, uh, Winning Where It Matters. And, you know, we've had this conversation over the past couple of weeks on, man, if you can't win with, uh, or if you're not winning inside of your life with your relationships with yourself, whether it's with your family, friends, whatever it may be, it's hard to win anywhere else inside of life. You know, it, it's a struggle if we can't win with ourselves to win anywhere else inside of our lives. That's a key thing we talked about in week number one. And so this, today we're going to lean into a conversation around winning in community, church community, winning with our friends inside of life and, and leaning into that. And so uh, it is a little tenuous. I'm coming off a of vacation. Uh, I feel alive, you know, but we're going to roll with it here today. Heather and I were in Nashville. We realized we are, uh, we like the outdoors more than we like downtown Nashville. Um, so we, we did a lot of hikes and stuff like that. And the loud music on Broad Street, we were like, we're 38 years old. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go back to our Airbnb and hang out. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> but uh, we've been in this series, and it's been a great series to, to really come to an understanding on. If we're going to win inside of life, we want to win where it matters with God. It's, it's easy to win in life if you've got a life of pursuit and you're a hard worker. You can accomplish and do things and win. But what, what does it gain if we're not doing it in, in, or we're not accomplishing what God would want us to accomplish and winning in areas that matter to him? And so we're going to lean into this conversation today. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's been on my heart through COVID, you know, you just look at COVID and, and kind of the shifts and the changes that are going on inside of our world. And you see the chaos in which we live in here today. You see uh, governments that are doing what they are doing and the lack of what they are doing. It, it can be very frustrating as humanity and, and if you look at life and, um, you know, my heart just really shifting in, in this season to say, okay, the body of Christ in the chaos, Christ can move the most. In the middle of the madness, God can move the most. And, and it's always been that uh, Jesus is the answer to man's problems. And the body of Christ is the method in which he uses in order to bless the earth. And, and we see that, man, if the body of Christ can come together and unite, there's power in what God can do all over the world. But sometimes inside of our Western mentality, our, our thinking, our understanding of what church is may be a little different than what Jesus' intent was. You know, Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, who do you say that I am? If you were here on the first week of the message that I preached right here on this stage, I preached that message. Who do you say that I am? Peter would say, you're the Messiah. Meaning you are the savior of the universe. You're the savior. You're Christ's Messiah. You are the way that we get towards heaven. That it's through you. And Jesus says, you are right. You're right, Peter. You got it right. And what does he go on to say? And we always say, oh, okay, it's Peter. We're building this rock. The whole Catholic church has built their entire denomination on that. That thought right there, right? That Peter, he is the, the, the father of our, 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 our denomination. But Jesus is saying, it's not upon a man that I'm building it. It's upon the statement that I'm building it. I'm building my church upon the statement that I am the Messiah of the world. And with that, what does he say? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
And I said in the first week that we preached a message in this space and place as we started a church, we are building our church on that statement right there. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. That is how we will build this church. It's not about anything else other than Jesus Christ. But, uh, you know, in a world in which we live in here today, the Western context on faith, we can get very caught up in what the church is and lose sight of who Christ is. You know, when you woke up this morning, did you say, why did you show up to this building here today? What was it that you got up and said, I'm going to that building over there. I'm going to that church. I hope it's Christ. I do hope it's Christ. You know, the way we program our, our services and by and large in the Western context is you come in, you sing songs, there's a little transition, and then there's a word, and then you leave. And we really don't, we may not know, and we may not have the margin inside of our lives in order to do anything else other than that right there. Have we made the model of the Christian church in a Western context something that is so you-centered that there's not enough room for Christ within it? There's a lot of focus on him. There's a lot of singing about him, but is there a lot of living in and through him? You look at it, you walk through the doors and we sing a worship song and our, God, this is so good. Hair is on the back of our neck, standing up. Oh man, it's so good. Come on. Me, moving me. I want, I want you, I want a, I want a touch from you and a fresh touch from you, God. Me. Sit down, I want a word, I want a fresh revelation from your word, pastor. Ugh, preach this word, fresh revelation. Oh, I wanna, I wanna feel good. And then we leave. Question I would have is, do you know anybody in this room right now? Now, if you're new, don't get me wrong, you're not gonna know anybody, okay? <laughs> new people are like, say what? I, I don't, I don't actually know anybody. That's a problem. <laughs> Talk about Pearl Street Church. You've been here longer than a month. Do you know anybody else in this room? I want you to feel the tension of that. The body of Christ, the church that Jesus Christ built, people had an impact with Jesus. Their lives were transformed. They were willing to lose their life for the sake of knowing him. They said, Jesus, we want to know you. We've been transformed by you. Hey, you're a believer. Let's get together. Let's gather together. Let's, let's get together around Jesus Christ. Like you know him. I know him. You love him. I love him. Let, like, let's come together and let, let's, let's talk about him. And I love you. You love me. We love Jesus. Man, it's incredible. It's this beautiful thing. You know what? Hey, how, Let's, let's break bread together. Let's, let's, let's eat a meal together. Yeah. The start, the Acts 2 church, it's, it's eating together. It's connecting together. It's transformed by Christ. It's Christ. It's community. Yeah. Everything else is peripheral. So after they're done eating, they're connecting, they're relating. Like, hey, man, we love Jesus so much. I want to sing a song about him. <laughs> you want to sing? You see how it's starkly different than the world in which we live in here today? And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I mean, th this is the context in which we live in, that our church is like a small building with lots of people. 
I mean, it's a challenge that we're constantly working through as a community of faith. And it's like, this is great, but come on Tuesday night when we got church nights because it's, it's better. Because you're gonna meet people that love you and care about you, that love Jesus just like you and that you can get connected. Maybe you'll be friends and then on this journey in life, you'll get connected and like have relationships that can support you, encourage you and all those things that needs to be. And we're gonna talk about in just a minute. But we're just playing games if we're walking through these doors and walking out and we don't know anybody in this place. It takes our intentionality. It takes us as the body of Christ saying, this isn't about me just coming and getting what I want. This is about me transformed by Christ to go show up and be the body of Christ and love on the body of Christ and know each other and connect with each other and support each other on this journey. It's finding people that are like-minded on the same journey in life, maybe in the same season that you can do life with. Do life with. So we want our, our church, man. If you're a part of Pearl Street Church, man, just hear my heart. The church of the past is not gonna be the church of the future. The model of the past is not going to be the model of the future. If you're looking for the church to look like it did pre-COVID, it's not going to look like that. The church that is necessary for this generation right now with all the compromise that's going on inside of our world is going to take a united group of people that it is Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. We come together because of him. We love each other because of him. And then we go change the world uncompromised through Christ. The world wants us to compromise inside of our faith to become more inclusive. No, 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 no. We are more united in Christ so that we can be more loving. You call that inclusive, all good in the hood, but we are more loving because of Christ. We don't compromise our faith. It's Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the truth. He is the only way to get towards heaven. I'm sorry, right? But that's a conviction that is not a compromise of the world. It is a conviction by what we have experienced in Christ Jesus. And I tell you today, there's a lot of people out there that like Jesus that'll, that'll deny him the moment that there's a threat on their life. No doubt about it. There's people out there, I love Jesus, incredible, but they like Jesus, but they ain't going to bat for him. If all of a sudden he called on the carpet and in their workplace to say, hey, you can't talk about Jesus here. They're like, all good, all good, oh, no problem. Like, no, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I can talk about whoever I want. If I want to talk about Jesus Christo, I'm going to talk about Jesus Christo, right? You don't know Jesus? Jesus legit, you know? I know, I know, I know. The church of the future is going to look different than the church of the past. And we get to be a part of a season in, in ministry. Just talking to a guy the other day, he said, the, the popular belief is that the church shifts every 500 years. Every 500 years, the church has a transformation. You know what happened 500 years ago? Martin Luther posted a 99 thesis right there up on the doors of the Catholic church and said, you guys ain't living according to the word. I've read it for myself and you've manipulated to your own power games and stuff. And you get the whole reformation that flows out of that happened 500 years ago. And we're living in a season right now, the church is shifting and changing. Let me just tell you, our church is shifting and changing. My heart is shifting and changing. So I'm just saying, for all the new people, we love you, God bless you. Let's go for the row, Let, let's go for the ride. All, everybody's been a part of our church. Let's commit, let's get connected, let's serve, let's be the body of Christ, let's be united, 
as we honor Jesus, we operate in community, and then we do everything else. Amen? So today we want to talk about being a friend, being, living in community. And I'll be quick with it because this is what it's all about. We want you to connect with everybody in, in this building each and every week. You know, to be a good friend inside of here, you know, you got to be present. If we're going to be good friends, we got to be present. We got to be available. We got to be connected. You know, Proverbs 17, 17 would say it this way, that a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. You know, we know what Christ has done for us, but here we are in a place where a friend, this is a, a good, wise statement from the book of Proverbs, to be a friend, you got to be loyal. Another way is you can say a friend is always, uh, always loves, is another way, another way to say it in another version. And a brother is born to help in a time of need. Come on, how many of you guys have some friends in here that have been with you in some really, really, really tough times? Come on, these are the friends that are ride or die. Now we're going to talk about a, a different groups of friends in just a minute, but do you, the question is, if we're going to be the body of Christ, do you have the margin in your life in order to be a friend? Do you have the availability in your life in order to connect with somebody else, right? Is the church just a check mark on Sunday or is it a mission-driven purpose in your life to say, I'm showing up because I'm the part of the body of Christ and there's other brothers and sisters that are part of the body of Christ. I got margin in my life to be a friend. I got margin in my life to connect. You know, we live in such a fast-paced life today that this is where it comes down to winning. We talked about it last week when it comes to your, uh, to your family. You can gain the world, but lose your soul and family in the process. Like it doesn't, making a million dollars does not matter to God. He's, and God's not gonna be up there like, a good and faithful servant, you made a million dollars, you shall enter the kingdom of heaven, right? That doesn't matter with God, right? There's a lot of people that are trying hoarding all of their stuff, but what's the, what's the age old statement? You know, is your hearse gonna have a U-Haul on the back of it, right? And you can't take anything with you, right? <laughs> There's a lot of people trying to gain it, but losing their lives in the process. And, and if we get caught in this pursuit of life where we lose sight of what this is all about, it is very easy for us to start focusing on things that really don't matter. And we can build and block our lives off so much that we have no margin for anybody else in our lives. Question is, if you want a friend, you better start by being a friend. To have a friend, you gotta be a friend. Right? You've got to give of yourself. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for another. And that is giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure, helping people that are around you, taking your eyes off of yourself and saying, man, I'm here to serve you. I want to be a friend to you. It's not about me. It's about you. How can I serve you? You know, you want a friend to be there to celebrate me. That's what friends are for, to celebrate, to encourage, to lift up. Good friends confront each other, have good, hard conversations. So the question, do you have margin for that? Or is your life so busy that the thought of saying today, like if I said, hey, uh, ask somebody next to you to say, hey, you guys want to go grab lunch real quick? You're like, oh, no, I got I me. Mean, I got, got stuff to do, man. You know, I, like, nah, next week. Next week, I'm planning next week. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to do, right? <laughs> Some of you guys going home in your mother's basement, you're going to play video games all over. Don't act like you're busy just playing. But it, be honest. If I asked you to do I said, hey, this is a shepherd of the house, pastor. Would you take two hours and invest in somebody sitting in this room? Would you say, got the margin, pastor? Or would you be like, nah, man, ain't got time for that. 
Matthew 22, greatest commandments, love God with all you are. What's the second part? Love your neighbor as yourself. Margin, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you have margin in your life? Do you have capacity on the inside of your heart today? You know, we live in such a divided world. COVID has definitely brought division. The last election has brought crazy division in, right? You think about media sources and all the divisive things that they're putting in, controlled narratives, everything else in between in order to divide black and white, yeah. right? Skin color now is like profiled. Doesn't matter if you're white, black or anything else. And racism is all over the place in our society today. Black to white, white to black, Hispanic to black. It's all over the place. Racism is everywhere in our society today. If we thought racism was bad 50 years ago, racism is bad now. People see each other for the skin color, but we're part of the body of Christ. We're no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free. We're part of the body of Christ, right? We unite around a completely different principle, value system than the world does. And so do we have margin one? But the second thing is, do we have the capacity in our heart to love people that don't look like us? Do we have capacity inside of our hearts to love people that maybe have a, a political difference than us, right? Are we gathering based off of our political views or are we gathering based off of our religious perspective, our Christ, you know, was the best way to say that. Are we gathering around Jesus, followers of the way? Do we not connect with people because they don't talk like us or act like us or think like us? Do we push away from people? Well, this is exactly what Jesus did on leaning in on people. So the reason that the, it was such a big deal when Jesus is at the well with the woman that had an issue with, uh, or the, the woman that was caught in adultery. I mean, she, she was a Samaritan. She was of a class that the religious sect was like, no, you were unclean. So she asked him, Jesus, why are you even talking to me? Jesus was willing to press into the marginalized people in order for them to know that they are valued and accepted by God. But we live in a world here today, we got flesh on our skin, on our bones and our bodies. What is it? Our, we're, our flesh is sinful. We're sinful people. We can begin to look through the eyes of man and lose the heart of God in the process as leading lives as Christians. Do we have the margin in our lives, do we have the capacity in our hearts to love people, to be a friend? Those are great questions to ask. Do you have it in your life? The second thing I would say here today, are you, are you winning in community? Like, like today we have, if you look at the Jesus model, you can set the wrong expectations around what people should be for you. And here's the deal. If you want everybody to be your best friend, guess what? It's not going to happen. More importantly, you don't want everybody to be your best friend, right? You should only have a few best friends. You should have some people that you are doing life with, and then you got a whole community of people that you love and you encourage. The Jesus model, 70 plus, if you go 70 plus people, Jesus had 70 disciples in which he was uh, commissioning out to go serve the world, right? At one point in time in scripture said he sent them out two by two and they went out to heal people and bring miracles and do all these incredible things. He, he mobilized them and he sent them out to do incredible things. There's this community of people, 120 people were up in the upper room. Jesus said, hey, Terry here, I'm gonna send something that's better. The comforter is gonna be better. It's better that I go away. So wait here in Jerusalem, 120 people that were following Jesus waited in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to fall. And when it did, they received power from the Holy Spirit. They went out and preached the gospel and thousands of people got saved. Jesus had people all around him, the mass community, right? 
but then you move beyond the masses and you're gonna have this inside of your life. People everywhere that you want a good rapport with, you want good influence with, you want them to think highly of you by the way in which you live, the value system that you operate, the character, character in which you walk in. You want to have the masses to be, think highly of you. You need that. If you're gonna be a good friend and a good follower of Jesus, you need people to think highly of you by the way in which you live. But Jesus would bring it down to 12. 12 people that he was on mission with to say, hey, come and follow me. Follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to take you from fishing to fishers of men. I'm going to take you from like doing this thing here to something that, man, we can come together and partner to, to do this incredible thing over here. And he takes these 12 people and he spends two and a half years with them just investing his life in and giving them purpose and, and telling them the reason why and understanding like God's purpose for humanity. And they, these 12 individuals would believe in him and, and stand behind him and at times cause him some problems and he would get frustrated and be like, how many times do I gotta tell you this? Ah! But there are individuals that would be with him and ultimately every single one of these individuals would give their life for him. Every single one. We should have 12 people inside of our lives that, man, you bring it down to these are our, if you want to look at, we got the, the, the partnerships inside of here. It's kind of the breakdown, the partnerships inside of our lives. These, these people that are for us and are with us, that are celebrating us on the journey, that are behind us, encouraging us. And it's setting the right expectation around people inside of your life. You've got to know who they are so you're not frustrated on the journey of life. You know the last people that Jesus had? He had three very close individuals, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John, he would take them up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Whenever he'd have, Jesus would have this encounter and man, the glory of God would come down. He would be, they would be there in these intimate times, these intimate moments in Jesus' life. You know, when Jesus would go into the Garden of Gethsemane praying before he went and ultimately paid the ultimate price on the cross, they were there. Unfortunately, they were human and they fell asleep, okay? Don't act like you wouldn't fall asleep. You out there in the middle of the night, Jesus like, help me. And you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm tired. I'm like, how many times? Come on, man, like stay with me. You can't stay, stay awake. Peter, James, and John got to be in very private moments with Jesus. And here's the deal inside of here. We wanna be great friends. We gotta make sure we are living good lives to have a good rapport that, man, we can be a, a friendship to multiples, uh, multitudes of people, can encourage people, celebrate people, be hospitable, be generous with people that are at large whenever we see things. We need to be in there. We gotta have our 12 that we're doing in partnership with inside of life. But man, we need a few close people, one to three people inside of our lives that we can share our lives openly and honestly with. If you are married inside of here, your spouse is one of those individuals, right? James 5.15, I think it is, it says this. James 5.15, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You see inside of here a, a, a sense of humility when it comes into a relationship, when you can confess your sins to each other and you can pray for each other, right? When you're in close proximity to somebody, you gotta know who these friends are and say, I'm talking ride or die with you to the end. It doesn't matter how you're talking, what you're thinking, these friends see the best inside of you. You gotta have one to three people inside of your life. You can say, I am struggling, please pray with me. I'm in need, can you help me out? 
right? If we, we, we got to win in this area of our lives to be good friends and have friends around us that are supported, people that can come alongside us. Man, I have pastors in my life. I can call up at any moment in time and I can say anything I want to say, as frustrated as I want to say it, however I want to say it. And they can do the same with me. And we do, just FYI. It's <laughs> how I stay halfway sane as a pastor in the 21st century. I got good friends that are in ministry that are doing it. I can say whatever I need to. And they can say, hey, pastor, we understand it. And I'll be like, hey, am I crazy? Like, You're not crazy? I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not crazy. I felt crazy. But we need friends like this. Here's the deal. If you want the masses to be your confidants, you're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to set yourself up for failure and frustration because the moment when life hits, all of a sudden you're thinking that X, Y, and Z, all these people all over the place need to be here to support you and lift you up and encourage you. And you're over here frustrated. Well, why weren't you there for me? And why? they're like, I was not your confidant. You never came to me. You never, you never entered into my world like that. You never shared your life openly like that. So I'm here to support you and encourage you. I will help you how I can. But let me just tell you, I was not going to be there because you have not allowed me to be there. If we set the wrong expectations, we will be frustrated friends. Like everybody needs to be here for me and I don't understand why. And all of a sudden you become this resentful person that's pushing the world away rather than bringing people in. We want the world to be all about us, right? We want it to be my things, my world. You know who's like that? Children, children are, right? There's times when it will be. There's times, but you have people around you. As we talked about Natalie in our church community, just lost her husband. He's lead security inside of our church and passed away a couple weeks ago. Natalie inside of our church, open and honestly living a life with multiple different individuals, has confidants, was able to call up people in our church immediately and release cries that nobody in this auditorium would ever want to hear out of a grieving wife. But Natalie had that because she was in it. Natalie had it because she wasn't. In this world we live in here today, it is so consumed with self, me, my world, my thing, what I'm looking to see happen, my social media, my post, my, 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 me, me, me. We have no room for anybody else. It's the exact opposite of what Christ has called us to do. You are saved. You are redeemed. You are healed and you are free. Now go love the world. The world of resentment for those that don't have any friends usually are tied to it's all about us and not about anybody else. And we're frustrated when nobody does for us what we wish and what we, you know, uh, what we wish, you know, we would be doing for others. There's a process to it. Set expectations properly. Be a friend to have a friend. How are you being a friend today? The question, you know, you got to ask yourself, how am I being a friend today? Yeah. Is the friendships that I have all about what I get to say and what I'm doing and talking about me? And there's all those, I mean, we know these friends out there. Every time you get with them, it's like, they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you know, 
and you just let them talk. Or you get into a conversation and it's like everything is about they have the right answer for everything. There's no listening to the process. And we're called to love. We're called to be great friends. We're called to be present. So the last thing I'd say is, man, are you winning in your church community? Are you winning in your church? Like this, this is where God has called you to serve. This is where God has called you to, to be a part of. Like this is where God has called you to be you know, actively involved in? Like, are you winning here? Are you like present? Are you engaged? Or is it just you're showing up and leaving? Now, this is not a message that's gonna grow the church. I'll tell you that right now, you know? This isn't like, oh my God, pastor, I'm here in the back of my neck. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm gonna go live. But it's a real conversation, a shepherd of this house are you thriving here? Are you present? Are you connected? Are you in relationship that you can use the gifts and talents in which God has placed inside of your life in order to invest them into the body of Christ that the body of Christ can benefit from what God has blessed into your life? Are you winning in this space? You know, the Bible would speak to us in uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 would say this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as uh, God has given you. Now, obviously, prophecy is going to be for people that are operating, you know, spiritually, maybe spiritually mature. So don't get twisted on that. All the new folks, you're like, prophecy, what in the world are you talking about? So prophesy, if you can do it. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Now we are the body of Christ. Everybody in here has a different gift that makes up the whole body of Christ. There's different gifts in this room that makes up this small C church. Our small C church helps in the big C church, the global church across the world. We serve one piece of it. Our mission is to lead unchurched people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do. We want to connect with people that are far from God, that are ostracized from society, that don't feel comfortable walking in a traditional church building. Yeah. That's why we're here. But why I read this is Paul speaking to a church in Rome, a very eclectic society, multiple different groups, types of people inside of that space, multiple different talents. And the question I would bring is, if we all have, if we all have different talents, the only way that those talents are on display is if there is community. If we are connected, if we know who you are. Like this is you saying, well, it's not about me. I have been saved by grace. Now I'm committed to this church community that I can invest my life into that if I got this gift, I'm gonna use it well. And maybe for some of us, you, you, you can serve well. Maybe for you, it's just serving well. And then you can jump on a team where you got a partnership that you're moving in the same direction and you got community just built into serving inside of the church. Or maybe, 
Maybe you're just showing up on a Tuesday night and meeting somebody that's in the same vein and same lane and season of your life can absolutely transform the trajectory of your life. You can do a, a partnership or maybe have a confidant that you get into a relationship with somebody that loves you and cares for you, for who you are, where you're at, that you can say anything to and unconditional love is going to be there. Maybe. But the deal is if you're not thriving in community, the church isn't going to be thriving. Our church can't thrive. I'll tell you today, here, we have complexity around this space and this place today. Yes. It is a challenge. That will not be the case in one year. One year, there's already building purchase. Renovations are gonna be started. We're gonna, we'll tell you about all this stuff like in the next coming weeks. You're gonna hear it all. It's gonna be epic. You're like, yeah, it's amazing. It is. But what good is it if there's no conviction on the inside of our own hearts to change our lives and the rhythm have margin in order to connect. See that we gather in the name of Christ, not for ourselves, it's for the benefit of the body. Like this isn't about us, it's about we. It's not about me, we. This is the body of Christ, right? Never underestimate a small group of people to change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that can. Mother Teresa, if you can't feed a thousand, feed one. Like, let's stop, let's stop living in the grandiose ideas and let's start living practically in our gifts. What we can do. What can we do? How can we serve? How can we be present? How can we connect to the person on our left and our right? How can we walk through the doors of the church not excited for the song that's going to be sung, but excited about the person we're going to meet? What a concept, right? Wake up in the morning, not for like... What's the word going to be? Oh, we're going to bring it. But who am I going to meet? What connection am I going to have? Can I pray with somebody? Can I like, can I encourage somebody? Like, man, I'm, I'm, I got to give to kindness. How can I be kind to somebody? I mean, how, generosity, man, what, how can I give? God, what can I do? Like it's, it's in what we bring to the community, not what the community does for us. Let that all be peripheral. Let that all be secondary. We come to give. We come for Christ. We come for the community. And then we get to sing some songs. Amen. Amen. John 15, we are a friend of Jesus. Jesus says, you are my friends. If you do the will of my Father, you live according to the law, you are my friends. We are all friends of Jesus. We've met Jesus. We are friends of Jesus. Jesus went to the right hand of the Father that we would not live this life alone. It is better that I send the Holy Spirit to be with you. The presence of me to be with you on this journey in life. It is better that way. That you have this constant relationship with me. The veil was torn because of Christ. We get right standing. He was the perfect lamb that paid the atonement of our sins, that, that uh, removed the separation between us and God. He is our friend. We are in relationship with him. And in the beauty of this relationship, we can live lives of impact in this world. So I pray today that if you don't know, maybe you're not in this place, where you're like, man, I gather here today because of Christ. Maybe you do gather because of church. Ecclesia, church. 
You look at the word ecclesia, it is not a building. It is a people rallied around Jesus Christ. We're going to sing some more songs here. My hope is today that as we sing a few more songs, what's resonating in our mind is Christ in us. Man, what Christ has done for us, how he has transformed us. Man, we are gathering here today to glorify his name, to honor him for his goodness. We are here because of his good works, because of his sacrifice. Man, what he has done, that's why we're here. Nothing else. That's why we're here. And man, we get to do it with people that have had the same exact encounter that we have. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're united in Jesus' name. Amen. God, may we honor and worship you for who you are. May we do it for what you've done. May we see the beauty of your sacrifice. May we see the beauty of your plan, God. And may we be moved. May we be moved, God, to worship you. Father, I pray for any any motivation, God, that's rooted in our own expectations, God. I pray you just remove them from our hearts today, God. May we sit in humility Sit humbly before you, God, knowing who you are, your love for us, your care for us, God. And may we receive you, be moved to worship and receive what you have for us today as we worship. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It is in your name we gather. It is in your name we worship and it is your your name that we pray. Everybody says.